This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week, we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back to Let's Class. You found us once again right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Another episode, episode number 42 of Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday. As it's Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer back with you. Big lineup today and uh, going a little bit off the board here a little bit. We will, a little bit, a little bit. We're going to talk to the head coach. Evan, get in here right now. We're going to have a, a, a different kind of a show here today. We're going to go three guests we're going to talk a little senior, we're going to talk a little junior, and we're going to talk a little premier lacrosse league with the head coach of the Chaos Lacrosse Club featuring a ton of National Lacrosse League players on that roster and maybe the coach who has the best pregame speeches in lacrosse, Andy Towers, is going to join us here. This is going to be cool. It's great. This guy is a ball of fun. Um, the the sensors on NBC sometimes got to have a mm. uh, close eye on them, but the eight second you know, delay. Yeah, uh, you know one of our colleagues put it right is that after listening to one of his speeches, he wants he, he thinks he's so invincible he wants to try and run through a brick wall. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, well, maybe see if we can get Andy to to give us a. Uh, pre-game speech. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so after Andy Towers, it's the Minto Cup MVP and champion from the Orangeville Northmen, also a member of Cornell's Big Red University, and Jonathan Donville. What a tournament Jonathan Donville had. Uh, he will join us coming up after Andy Towers in probably about 35 minutes from now, and then we'll check in in the East, get uh, our man Smoky, Spicy, Lacrosse superstar Pat Greg Warris take on Orangeville winning the Minto Cup, that Peterborough Six Nations series locked up, President's Cup going on, lots of things happening back east. So we'll check in with lacrosse superstar Pat Greg War uh, a little later in the show as well. So lots to get to, Evan. Let's, uh, well, how was, how was your weekend before we get started? Had the week off last week, which was nice, and uh, you got. Got a whole bunch of house repairs done. Wow, I saw it. It's unusual. the driveway. Yeah, because, like, I'm my own boss half the time, and I normally end up just working when I got days off. So I forced myself not to do it, but got the driveway fixed, got a couple toilets installed, Mm. got paint done. So, yeah, it was actually a productive week in the end. That honeydew list finally got down to a few items well are you coming out for worlds because i i need a new toilet installed in my my ensuite bathroom so uh maybe i'll just wait until you get out here and then i'll just let you do it how about that well i'm still trying to figure that out the hotels are costly right and crashing your couch i'll gladly fix okay i'll take you but i'm not uh i'm not taking the whole family of and i don't have a big the big enough place for that oh it's just me okay all right i think we can i think we can arrange something there um Myself, personally, I just got back uh, from the gym once again, Evan. Beautiful sunny day here on a Monday in British Columbia, and I'm pumped up. Reached the goal again, 75 pounds down, Evan, into the teens of the 300s. Uh, so uh, 
I don't want to get I don't want to get ahead of myself here because <laughs> I'm still north of three. But hit the goal again, and we're heading in the right direction. So I'm fired up. I actually, stopped by uh, the PVL offices earlier today. Talked to Ryan Keller. Picked up. Uh, a bunch of uh, supplies, some supplements, even got a new gym bag as well. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later in the program as well. But let's uh, let's get into things. I'm in a good mood. I hope you are too. And we got a great show lined up for you. So thanks for tuning in. And let's go. Weekly report cards. Stampede Tax Weekly Report Cards, Evan. More than just a boot store out there at Stampede Tax. They carry a wide range of hats. We're going to give another one of those away today. And uh, we're going to let you know who won from last week as well. That's a cowboy hat, but they have other hats there that keep you protected from the sun, the rain, the snow, the wind, camping, fishing, hiking, you name it. They got the hat for you at Stampede Tack in Western Wear. Just uh, find them online, stampede.ca. Shopping online, shopping local, located out there in Cloverdale. Good friends at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Uh, Evan, where do we want to start with their report cards this week? A to F or F to A? Well, we always, if we've been going F to A for a while, so let's end on a high note. Okay, so we're starting with F. Is that what you're telling me? We're starting with F. Okay. Um, F is, man, going to go. I hate doing this. I really do. F is going to go to the Vancouver Warriors, Evan, and do you want to tell the fans why? Yeah, the uh, the Junior NLL tournament uh, happened last weekend, uh, and you know a lot of props to San Diego for getting three teams out there. You know, and it was a great tournament this year because normally in the past this was the Toronto Junior Rock just dominating every age division. This year, now there was a bit of an issue this year because. Junior Nationals were the same weekend as Junior NLL. Minor Nationals, Evan. Minor Nationals. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyways, and that hurt participation. I know the Rush only were able to send one team because a lot of the players would have played both. Um, But the Stealth slash Warriors, because they used to be the Junior Stealth, sent nobody. Yeah. So so let me me break this. this Let me break this down here for you, Evan. So... I'm told this is coming from firsthand knowledge from somebody who had a, had a, has a kid that played for the Junior Stealth. They actually rebranded the Junior Stealth. The Warriors did. They sent down a team to Huntington Beach to play in the USA Boxla tournament. Normally, back when it was the Junior Stealth, they, they would sometimes send two Wee teams, two Bantam teams, and two Midget teams, or at least one of each. I don't know how many teams they sent down to Huntington Beach. I think it was just one midget team, but they, you know, they got them jerseys. They played under the the Warriors umbrella. Uh, I don't know how they did down there. And what what they did here in BC, and, and like you mentioned with minor nationals going on, I get it with Saskatchewan because there's just not the registration numbers that there are here in BC. So what they would do with the junior stealth here in BC is they would have Team BC tryouts out there at the Langley Event Center. And then whoever made Team BC, they were on Team BC. And whoever didn't, they would take the top players from the players that didn't make Team BC and they would become members of the Junior Stealth. That's how they kind of formulated the teams. I don't know what's happening since the the franchise has been purchased by Canuck Sports and Entertainment, but they managed to send a team down to the USA Boxler Tournament in California 
And that same team that was down there said, you know, let's keep this team together. Let's go to the Junior NLL Tournament in Toronto. That happens every single year. Teams from across the league, even Halifax, sent a team. At least one. I don't know how many, but at least one. And this, this parent, this man said, let's keep this team together. Let's send this team to the Junior National or Junior NLL Tournament and was turned down, said, no, I don't think we're going to do it this year. We don't have a team for every division. Um, so maybe next year is what the message was in return. And for the life of me, Evan, for, for a franchise that's – it's not an expansion franchise, but it's a new franchise. This is the premier tournament for the National Cross League at the junior level. And whether you got one team, five teams, whatever – to have a team that was set and ready to go and then have them say, nah, you know what, we're not going to send a team because we don't have a team in each division is absolute garbage. And I don't understand how you can turn that offer down. Like, it makes no sense. When you're trying to expose your brand, engage new fans, what are you thinking here? And, and, and to take it a step further, and I, and I honestly, like, I don't want this to come across as sour grapes. Obviously, I'm from Vancouver. I used to work for the franchise. That has nothing to do with anything here. If, if another, like, San Diego sent three teams. They're a brand-new franchise. Where are they getting players from? BC is one of the hotbeds of lacrosse. Don't tell me you couldn't have put this thing together and sent at least one team to the junior NLL tournament. This is crazy. And, no. and then on top of that, I saw the Warriors out at minor nationals for one day out of the five. I saw them at the Minto Cup for one day out of the five. What's going on here? Do you want to get fans in your building? Do you want to promote your brand? Do you want to stay in this league? Because those are the type of things, by not doing that, you're running the risk of losing. So I I don't yeah. know why I don't know why but they didn't send a team no. so they're getting an F. But but let's put a positive spin on this at least. San Diego made I'm not sure they won but they were certainly in the final. New England was in a won a championship. Rochester was in a final. Colorado had a team in the final. It, it started to you know make this competition a lot better and it's good to see a lot of American teams actually making finals because it's starting to see the youth growth in the game. Yeah, and and listen, like uh, it's for me it's not even about making the final. That's great and all and it's you know you get yourself a medal and and whatever. It's about getting your product out in front of eyes and representing the league that you're a part of. You had a team sitting there wanting to go and you told them no thanks. We don't have three teams, so we don't want to send one. What? I don't get it. You get an F. I'm sorry, Warriors. You're getting an F this week. Uh, try and be better for next time around, I guess. Even if it's just one team, send the team. <sighs> Glad we started with F, Evan. D, let's move on. Um, I got down here a split for D. <laughs> Lacrosse TV webcasting the minor nationals in Coquitlam last week. I want to give the internet in Coquitlam a D, Evan. We had some major issues on the opening day of the tournament. We went in, tested everything. Everything was great on the Sunday evening. Went back in there on the Monday morning. 
I don't know what the heck happened. It's way above my pay grade and technical skill, if you will, but something happened. We almost missed an entire day of webcasting because of the internet. They got it fixed up and things went smoothly then on out. But uh, for that Monday at Minor Nationals, the Coquitlam Palace on Poirier, the internet there, damn you internet, you're getting a D. Uh, the other one I want to talk about, Evan, and you can talk about this one, is the clock situation. Not only them putting another second up on the clock in that crazy finish in the Shamrocks Berard series, but how about the hometown clock operator? I mean, what happened here? Explain this to me because I, I was kind of watching out of the corner of my eye while I was calling a Minto game, but this finish was nuts. Yeah, it was a tie game in overtime, I believe. There was under 10 seconds, I believe seven or eight, something like that. Uh, Victoria's got the ball. They got to run the floor. And, you know, an absolute bomb from, you know, 65 feet away that gets low past uh, Chiliano. You don't expect him to miss that. But you know what? It happens. And part of the D has also got to go to those fans that just absolutely trash Chiliano. Uh, you know, it happens. It was a great shot. Get on with it. But, you know, it's the ball certainly went in before the buzzer. The controversy is, you know, should a second have been added? Well, of course, the timeout caused that second to be added back on. But did he start the clock in time? I can't tell. Yeah. I don't have an angle of the clock to tell if the clock started on time when the play was blown in. Yeah, it was just a crazy play. I think you got to give Tyler Pace a lot of credit, and, and you got to forgive Frankie for that one a little bit as well. It was just kind of a freak goal. Um, congratulations to the Victoria Shamrocks, by the way, who have punched their ticket to the Man Cup, which gets going on September the 6th. Still don't know who their opponent will be, but the Shamrocks got it done last night. They are in the Man Cup and will await the winner of Six Nations and Peterborough. So the internet and Coquillum, the clock there in Maple Ridge, you're both getting a D this week. C, I wanted to talk about this. And I mentioned the internet issues that we had on the Monday at the Minor Nationals. And, and me kind of being a part of this for as long as I have, I really got a firsthand look at how things kind of work on the technical side, the webcasting side of things. And I just want to kind of, like, for for customers that watch webcasts i know they get rather heated and and you've been a part of this evan you had some difficulties trying to get onto a stream and watch a game there is literally a thousand things that can go wrong with a webcast stream whether it be equipment or internet or signal or wi-fi or what there's a long list of things that can go wrong when you're webcasting a game uh, whatever the sport is, but we'll we'll focus on lacrosse here. And for customers that fly off the handle via social media without really being informed of what the actual issue is or was, screaming for refunds, sometimes, folks, I'm sorry to say, but it's on you and not the company. Sometimes it's on the building. Sometimes it's on the internet provider, whether it's Shaw or TELUS or whoever. Like, I know right now, Lacrosse TV is back at the President's Cup, and Mohawk One is the internet provider back there. They can't even stream a game because it's just not strong enough, and people are up in arms going, what? Look at... So, 
I I'll say this, like it's on the company to definitely keep their customers informed and have some sort of level of customer service on on replying to people and and trying to help them through their issues. But it's also on the customer a little bit to know what they're getting themselves into when they sign up and pay to watch a game. And it's not always on the company that's trying to stream the thing. Again, there's a thousand things that can go wrong, and you just need to be a little more level-headed and informed before you start freaking out at something you don't even know is somebody's fault. But I got the flip side of this here where there's one service provider, won't name it who it is, the people know me know who it is, but where I could not get access to a game that I had paid for. I made notifications, I sent emails like, look, you know, your refund policy, this didn't work, can I have to get the refund? And even if they had sent me an email saying, you know, let's go test this or let's go test that, make sure that this is working, I would have been okay with it, but they completely ignored me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know. That's that not stage, right. That's not right. No. And, and again, like I said it, like customer service, you got to have some sort of dialogue going on between your customers. Like, hey, we're, you know, here's the issue. We're working on it. We're aware of it. Please be patient. And if fans are just, you know, completely saying this isn't working, but to not respond for the company, that is completely not right either. But I just, I want people to know there's there's a lot of layers to this and it's not always the company it can be a lot of different things and a lot of the time listen if you're the only one that's complaining then it's you it's not anybody else it's your computer it's your internet it's whatever so just keep that in mind because this is like it's still very new technology it's been around for a while but it's still developing, and I just I want people to kind of be informed with what they're getting into. And a lot of places, they'll say it right in the terms of agreement. There is a no refund policy regardless of what happens. Not responding is not cool, and that should never happen. Maybe you don't get a refund. Maybe you get a credit for another game. I don't know what the situation is there, but um, I just kind of wanted to throw out there. So that was for... Uninformed webcast customers uh, getting to see this week, Evan. Kind of going off the board there a little bit. Let's move along to B because uh, we're running late here and Andy Towers is waiting to come on the program, Evan. Refs are getting a B this week, Evan. I thought the referees at Minto Cup did a fabulous job. I watched the young officials refereeing the minor nationals this past week as well. I thought they did a wonderful job. And they've taken a hard time a long time for the officials. And I just wanted to recognize the zebras here a little bit, Evan. It's not an easy job that they do. It's a thankless one at times. And I thought they did a great job over the last couple of weeks. I watched a lot of lacrosse over the last seven days. And I thought the officials did a nice, nice job. So I wanted to recognize them and give them a B this week. No, it's it's an underappreciated job. I know I've been hard on officials in the past too. And kind of strange for me being one. But you know what? Compare Minto 2018 to Minto 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, your worst nightmare sitting in Calgary having to give everybody the play-by-play on the Jeff Teat suspension. Thumbs are still sore from that. I don't know how many tweets I banged out during that uh, <laughs> Minto Cup, but man, like my thumbs were literally sore. So uh, to all the referees who refereed Minto Cup, 
the minor nationals all summer long in the WLA, BC Junior A, across the country. Referees are getting to be this week. Well done for your work all summer long. I'm going to end off uh, our Stampede Tech weekly report cards here with the A. Evan, and it's going to go out to the minor nationals tourney committee. Starting with Gord Cask, who was the tournament chair there in Coquitlam. And for folks that don't know, first time in minor nationals history that they had the girls bantam, girls midget, boys midget, boys bantam, and boys peewee. So five different divisions, boys and girls, all playing in the same venues for one tournament. And they used three in Coquitlam and Queens Park. So they had four rinks going for all five of these divisions, 82-plus games in a five-day span. And literally, Evan, the tournament went off without a hitch. Besides the webcasting issues on day one, everything else there was just phenomenal. And it takes a cast of thousands to pull off something like this, Evan. And starting with Gorecast, Dean Favreau, Garrett Ungaro, I can list off a cast of 100 guys, but... To everybody that was involved in the Minor Nationals Committee in Coquitlam there over the past week, just awesome. Lacrosse them. You're all getting an A this week. Oh, it's, the way, it's the way it's got to go. It's a massive – because this isn't just five teams like the Minto is. Like, how many teams were there? Oh, God. Ballpark. Uh, 20? Yeah. 20 teams driving you – know, flying or driving across Maybe more. the country. Yeah. Yeah. And it was beautiful to see the Saskatchewan rush bus taking the Saskatchewan team. Yeah, that was awesome, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, so just to recap uh, uh, that as we'll we'll move along here, but uh, female Bantam and Midget Team BC girls, they won the gold. Pee Wee Bantam Midget boys, all Team Ontario winning the golds there. Shout out to First Nations, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, Alberta, who also competed at the Minor Nationals, uh, to everybody that was there. I hope uh, you enjoyed the week as much as I did. And to everybody that tuned in to the webcast as well, thanks for that. So everybody involved with the Minor Nationals, you get the A this week. Um, and throw in the Mento there too as well at the Langley events there because I thought that was a, a really well-run t- tournament as well. Um, so all the volunteers, parents, committees, you name it, you're getting the A this week here on Lacrosse Classified. Let's take a break, Evan, and let's get to the Premier Lacrosse League head coach of the Chaos Lacrosse Club. Andy Towers is coming up next here on Lax Class. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Bruce Codd, head coach of the Junior A Orangeville Northman. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you, and now joined by the head coach of the Chaos Lacrosse Club. It's Andy Towers. Welcome to the program, Andy. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's our pleasure as well. Let, I, now, i got to start here, Andy. You've been known for giving the best pregame speeches in the league. Some of the best pregame speeches I've ever seen. I'm wondering if I can. I'm wondering. If, now, tell me if if I'm offside here, but I'm wondering if you can if you can do this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Give our listeners here a pregame speech to get fired up to listen to your interview. Can you do that for us? 
Uh, all right, listeners, you got one chance to dial yourself in and try to get something out of the next 15 minutes of us talking to each other. You don't have to love me and I don't have to love you, but if you can walk away with something of value that puts a little more kick in your step than you had coming into this uh, broadcast, then that's going to put you better off and closer to reaching your goals. So go get it. Go grab this podcast by the balls. You got one chance. <laughs> <laughs> love it ah, that is fantastic Absolutely that is it. good stuff right there now Andy it looks like you spend a little time in the gym as well am I am I on base there as well like I'm looking at your shirt you know and the, the sleeves are stretched out and I don't know if you, you wear like a size smaller than you probably should or not or, or maybe they just don't make the chest big enough for you but man it looks like you spend a little time in the, in the iron jungle well, first of all, I, I like your enthusiasm. I appreciate it. Uh, with my, my hairline, I figure uh, my wife is 0 for 1, so I don't want to make her 0 for 2. She doesn't need fat and bald, so i got to get my stuff done when i got a chance. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble because I'm, I'm, I'm 0 for 2 then. <laughs> well, it's not us that are 0 for 2. It's really our counterparts that are 0 for 2. <laughs> You, you finished the regular season first place. Um, you're going to play whip snakes in the one, two for the, those that don't know one, two play one another. The winner goes to the final a loser to the semifinals. You still got another shot. Um, nice to get the first place. Nice to have a chance. Maybe get a bye week going into the final. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, we had one goal going to the training camp and the goal is to win the PLL championship and certainly qualifying for the one, two game. I, uh, you know, is the most desirable path to get to the championship. So, uh, you know, that, that was, while it wasn't a specific team goal, it certainly is something that we, we, you know, value a ton. I mean, the reality is you go in and you win that game, you go right to the championship and you put a lot of pressure on the rest of the teams to obviously get there. Now, no matter what, if you make it to the championship and you win that game, you're going to see another great team in the final. Um, and if you don't, you're going to have to win one more game to get to the final. I just love the format. I think it really rewards what was a great regular season for all the teams. And it puts, uh, you know, it, it, it puts an emphasis on those that were successful during the regular season. So, you know, we worked hard and, and I'm happy that we were able to qualify for it. Speaking with Andy Towers of the Premier Lacrosse League. Now, your roster made up of, and that's part of the reason we're talking to you here, Coach, is that your roster predominantly made up of a lot of National Lacrosse League players, and we're predominantly a, a box lacrosse podcast, but you've really been able to, sure. to kind of turn these guys into phenomenal field players if they weren't already. Knowing that you, you had all these kind of box guys playing the field game and, and, and the PLL, the, the style of the PLL is, is almost a hybrid between field and box. Did you kind of have to change your coaching philosophy to mold around these guys or did you make them adapt to what you want to do? Well, the first thing I would say is to, to your initial point is that, you know, these guys were among the best players in the world long before. I was ever around them. Uh, you know, so they deserve all of the credit that uh, they get because they simply put in the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears to get themselves to this point in terms of their lacrosse career. Uh, the, the second piece is you're spot on. And there's like no question that the PLL is a hybrid of, I'd probably say like 60% field and 40% box. Um, you know, and, and with the change of just 10 yards in the dimensions of the field, the introduction of the shot clock, 
you know, I think all of those things favored the respective strengths that our roster has as players. And so, I, I, you know, for us, the challenge more so than anything else was making sure that we don't screw it up, you know, just to stay out of the way and, and let these guys do what they're so good at doing. When I got our roster, I looked at it, and the first thing I thought was awesome. I am finally on the other side of getting our ass beat by, you know, these guys are the best dick handlers and the most creative decision makers with you know, a set of intangibles that really parallels the NHL, you know, in my opinion. You, you look at, you know, the four major leagues with Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and the NHL, and I look at the NHL players as by far the most humble and the most team-first of all of those respective leagues. Now, I'm not saying there, that there aren't players and teams that epitomize those respective characteristics. But if you're talking league to league to league to league and four leagues across the way, you know, the NHL players to me are the ones that always uh, take ownership of the blame and seem to defer the credit. And so to be able to have a roster with guys that sort of parallel those intangibles, uh, you know, I was very, very excited in hopes that our team would take on those characteristics as part of our culture. And as long as I didn't screw it up, you know, I, I think we were able to do that. Um, and so the credit really, really goes to the guys on our team and their team first attitude and, and, and the leaders within that group. One of these box players who has been an absolute diamond for you this year, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him this winter because he was recovering from injury, but Connor Fields. I mean, the, the guy, yeah. of course, for those that uh, don't know, he's, he, he's also the, the property of the San Diego Seals in the NLL. He only played a couple of games, but... What can you say about them? This guy's a human highlight reel. It's like he's on Sports Center almost every week or two. I, I know. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, he is, uh, you know, obviously you look at him, his skill set is off the charts. I mean, it's otherworldly. There's probably, you know, four or five guys on the planet that have his current skill set. And then when you factor in his IQ, understanding of the game, you know, his ability to make players better with and without the ball is simply staggering. And it's a glue that we do not take for granted. But as great as his skill set is and as great as his understanding slash IQ is of the game, you know, Connor's greatest attributes are his intangibles. You know, you're not going to find a guy who's less impressed with himself. You're not going to find a guy who is more mentally tough. You're not going to find a guy who's more physically durable i mean are you kidding me scotty bar told me this weekend that he played two seasons yeah. <laughs> with a blown out acl right i mean are you kidding me oh, that man. is just absurd and yet he does it and he not only does it but he never ever gripes about getting chopped up by our opponent's best defenseman who he draws every single week and they make a point to come out there and try to just beat them up as much as they possibly can and they can't crack the code to his mental toughness and so you know we're lucky to have such a skilled and smart player but really to have a guy that exemplifies the intangibles that that we want to exemplify as a team is really what's the glue to the whole thing I, i think he's the best player in the world and i know a lot of other people do as well and i know there are some other people that have express some, you know, some other guys, but, you know, I look at Connor Fields playing with Miles Thompson and Josh Byrne, you know, just 
last week when we played up in Hamilton, there was a highlight of Connor Fields, you know, right to left split dodge behind the back spot feed to Josh Byrne, who wasn't open yet on a back cut who catches it and throws it behind his back. I haven't seen anything that good. I haven't seen a pass that good since Paul Gate in the 1989 <laughs> National Championship against Hopkins. And to be honest with you, I spoke to my friend Jamie Monroe about it. I spoke to Matt Panetta, who played in that game. And I actually think that Connor's feed to Josh Byrne supersedes Paul Gate's feed wow. in that game as the best pass wow. in the history of sport. The greatest pass ever has I'm been seen. It. Okay, you heard it here on the Cross Classified from head coach. And I know I'm in Paul and Terry's territory out there in Vancouver. Yeah, I know. So I know it. Listen, I, I, I know it. And I'm not, I, I don't take that lightly because, to be honest with you, uh, you know, the Gates beat us up like you can't believe, beat our whole era up like you can't believe. And I was two years behind them. We played them at Brown when I was, you know, at Brown, and we played them in Vail, and we played them. You know, in the World Games, and those guys, you know, are, are Listen, two of arguably the best in the history of the sport. So I don't say that lightly. Listen, I've I've been lit up by both Paul and Gary inside the boards as well in the box game, uh, Andy. So I know <laughs> all about uh, going up against those two. Listen, uh, the first year here for the PLL, and it, and I think it's been a smashing success so far. Um, the travel model, I don't know if it's one that can be sustained for, for the long haul, but this is what you guys are going with. And, and you've been to some pretty cool places, some pretty cool stadiums here in year one. Boston, New York, Chicago, Baltimore, Atlanta, Washington, Denver, San Jose, Hamilton, and, yeah. and Albany. I think the two places that you guys have done the best, or, or, or has looked the best fan-wise anyway, was at, at home, home, Homewood and then at Tom and Mary Casey Stadium there in Albany. It looked like a fantastic crowd there in Albany. Um, have you had a, a favorite stop on tour yet? And, and what, do you, what do you think of the future? Do you think this is going to be continue to be a travel model, or, or are these teams going to find homes eventually? You, you know, I, I think guys that are a lot smarter than me that understand the way these leagues work are the guys that really can answer whether or not the travel model is going to be something that they continue with. Selfishly, I can tell you, I hope that it continues. You know, no, I haven't had a, a summer that's more enjoyable. I've never had more fun within the sport than being able to showcase the world's best players, uh, you know, at venues across the country that are, you know, first class across the board. And so it's been really, really awesome that way. My hope is that it continues. Um, you know, in terms of a favorite stop, you know, look, hard to not love Bank of California, the All-Star Game. That venue was incredible. Audi Stadium was incredible. Audi Field, uh, you know, Denver was incredible. But I got to be honest with you, you know, I think even more desirable than playing in the venue is playing in front of a passionate group of fans that support a sport that's played at the highest level. So I would have to, uh, you know, say that Albany and, and, and Homewood, were the two best environments for these guys to showcase what they do best and that's to play the game at the absolute highest level. So, um, look, these, everything that Paul Rabel and Mike Rabel and Josh Sims and Andrew Davies and, you know, uh, you know, all of the primary investors have done is they've created an environment that's been a first class experience across the board. The fact that Mike Rabel goes out and he's able to secure Gatorade and secure Gorilla Glass and you know that's just the beginning of what these guys are doing in terms of trying to secure sponsors that are passionate about seeing this league succeed. Uh, you know, 
but they've been first class in their approach across the board from the experience of us traveling from city to city. Obviously, the play on the field speaks for itself. Um, you know, the, the way that they uh, put us up in the hotels and the coverage of NBC, the job that Brenda Burke and, and, and Ryan Boyle and, um, you know, Paul Burmeister and, uh, you know, NBC in general ha- has done in terms of promoting our sport the right way and producing it, you know, in a way where it really is. I said to my wife today, I feel like I like watching the PLL lacrosse as much as I like watching NFL football. And again, it, 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 I don't say that lightly because um, I'm a huge NFL football fan, but I honestly feel like the PLL watching these games on TV, it creates the same amount of excitement for me watching those games. And the hope is that, you know, those that are also watching it in their respective cities feel the same way. So, um, you know, these guys, as great as they are and as great as they've been to us, I also know that they don't rest on their laurels and they're already discussing ways to enhance the product. So, you know, best yet to come for everybody that loves the PLL down the road. Um, one of the things I really appreciate about you, um, and this is something in the NLL world we never see, is, you know, in, in, in the NLL world, rosters are kept secret injuries are kept secret. We'll find out about things five minutes before game time. If we're lucky, there's, it's almost rare that you'll find a coach interacting with fans on social media. Here we have you. It's it's a Monday and you're saying Jeremy Thompson's not playing this week, <laughs> you know, and, sure. and you're, you're interacting with the fans. How important is this to you in, in order to grow the game properly? Well, I, I think that what I'm really you know concerned with more than anything else is, our team focusing on us. And when I disclose questions about our roster, my, my feeling is that if everybody on our roster goes out and does their respective job with, you know, a, a greater sense of intensity and focus and toughness than their respective counterpart, it really doesn't matter whether or not our opponents see who we're dressing or not. To, to, to me, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that shouldn't play an outcome in the game. And I firmly believe that if I'm doing my job and that's preparing these guys to, to compete on game day and they're doing their job, which is going out and, and, uh, you know, uh, outworking their respective counterpart, uh, I, I believe we're going to get the desired result more than, uh, than we won't. And, and that's really the, the foundation for me being, uh, wide open as it relates to answering questions about my roster and, and, and feeling all right about publicizing my respective roster. And one of those roster questions you get over and over again is Blaze Reardon. And ever since the All-Star game, <laughs> and he played attack, which is what he does in the NLL with the wings. Everybody yeah. now wants to see Blaze play attack. But, I mean, it's too valuable in the goal for you to take him out of there. Is there ever a chance we're going to see him play attack for the chaos? Listen, there's always a chance. I'll, I'll say point blank. Blaze Reardon is the best goalie on the planet. I'll say it again. Blaze Reardon is the best goalie on the planet. He's arguably the best player on the planet. And, you know, you're not going to find a guy, again, that's less impressed with his success than Blaze. He's his team first as you need him to be. It wasn't lost on me. When I coached in the All-Star game with Nat St. Laurent, Blaze was on the other team. So was Fieldsy. And 
Blaze went in there and scored, what, two goals and one quarter of action? And listen, that following week, we were at need for a lefty attackman. And I said to Blaze, listen, this is my plan. My plan is to start you on the left side of the back and start sipping the goal. We've got a backup goalie who, you know, is literally a sliver behind Blaze Reardon and Charlie Cipriano. He's, he's, I, I put him right there as one of the best goalies on the planet, right there. You know, we go. We, we went with plays because plays we felt like got the ball out of sliver quicker than Sip did at training camp. But we easily could have been, you know, going with Sip in that instance. With that said, Blaze's play has clearly proven that we made the right decision. Um, you know, but the plan was going into that game in Denver, which followed the All Star break, was to start Blaze on the left side on attack and to put Sip in the goal. And, and we felt great about each guy in each spot. With that said. You know, with the way that Blaze had been playing, you know, when we really thought about it, he was he said, whatever you need me to do, coach, whatever you need me to do. And again, that's a winner. You know, he's not hung up on his success. He's hung up on our success. And that's really what you're looking for. That's a that's a true professional. That's a pro's pro. And and, you know, his response made us feel like we could make that call and feel great about it. But it also evoked further conversation and with the way things ultimately shook out, we decided to put Kevin Buchanan, who is uh, a wily veteran and, and a left-handed player and put him down on attack and, and keep plays in the goal. And, you know, fortunately it ended up being the right decision as we ended up beating the whip snakes that week, but Blaze's willingness to do whatever it took to help our team be in a position to win speaks volumes about, you know, the type of man he is and, and certainly about the t- type of team that he is. Last one here for you. Uh, head coach of the Chaos Lacrosse Club, Andy Towers, uh, and a guy that I would love to see step into the NLL, play in between the boards. And I don't know if it's a sponsorship thing or whether he has any interest in it, but Miles Jones. I mean, this guy is an <laughs> absolute freak, Andy. Like, I watched the stiff arm. The guy's helmet went flying. Then he steps in from 15 yards and picks a top corner. I'd really like to see this guy inside the boards with the with the shot clock and the and the no long pole and the one on one matchups. You think this guy could get it done in the National Lacrosse League? I think Miles could get it done in whatever Miles chooses to get done. Uh, he's been an absolute joy to work with, and again, the consummate teammate. You know, he has incredibly high standards for himself, and that really you know, is part of the explanation on why he's been able to get himself to this level and be in the conversations, uh, you know, regarding the best midfielder on the planet. And he deserves all of it. And, and frankly, that respective play, I remember seeing that and, and tweeting out, you know, it looked like the father-son game. That's really what it looked like. And Miles was on the father's team. And that kid, Tyler Dunn, is tough as hell. Yeah. I mean, that kid is tough as hell. And Miles literally just man child him and went right over it and then pounded the corner. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, but as but as good as good as a, of a goal scorer as Miles is, I think he's actually a better playmaker. You know, he has the ability to go one and six just as just as quickly as he can go six and one. Yeah. His unselfishness is something that our whole team has uh, has taken on and it's not lost on any of us and. You know, I think that if he wanted to go out there and become a force in the NLL, I think he would go out there and he would be incredible at that sport. There's no question in my mind.
Yo, one here we got. This is one from Teddy Jenner, uh, one of our colleagues who's a big WWE fan. I know fan. Teddy. I know Teddy. Yeah. I know Teddy. <laughs> All right. His question is very simple. Oh, man. You, Stone Cold Steve Austin, in a wrestling ring, can you take him? Listen, I, I love Stone Cold. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. And his passion is certainly not uh, lost on him. But listen, you've got to believe in yourself. And if somebody's able to make Andy Towers for a Stone Cold Steve Austin head-to-head in the wrestling ring, you know, I'll jump in there. I can't promise I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win, but I certainly uh, am going to go down selling my soul. That's for sure. Just go for the knees, man. Go for the knees. That's the bottom line. <laughs> that's the bottom line. Well, the thing is, you, could, you, could, you two look so close, you could lose and still take credit for the win. <laughs> I like that. I like, I like where your head's at. <laughs> I really like where your head's at. Hey. You know, I don't think I don't think I don't think Stone Cold signing up to lose anything. You know, I, I've watched him many many times, and I couldn't be a bigger fan of his. They got to um, get up on the turnbuckle you know, and crush beers with him afterwards as well. They, listen, I like where your head's at now. I like where your head's at. <laughs> hey, Andy, uh, I appreciate the chat, man. That was fantastic stuff. Best of luck with your chaos. In the playoffs, uh, everybody up here in Canada immediately adopted the Chaos Lacrosse Club because of how many box lacrosse players you have on your roster. So go, Chaos. Good luck in the playoffs, and thanks for doing this, man. Love it, guys. Great to chat with you. Thanks so much for having me on, and uh, LFG Chaos. Let's go, baby. All right. There was Andy Towers. You're not going to find much more energy in an interview than that, Evan Scheminar, but we need to try. we got to take a break. And then we have the Minto Cup MVP, Cornell University. It's Jonathan Donville on the other side, right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Tyler Pace of the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott with you. Flying solo for this one. Evan is, uh, well, he's back in Saskatoon, like, doing math or something like that. Uh, full disclosure here. We don't want to deceive anybody. We're recording on a Monday morning here with our next guest on Lax Class. It's the Minto Cup MVP, Minto Cup champion, member of Big Red at Cornell University, it's Jonathan Donville on Lax Class. Jonathan, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. That's going to sound pretty good to you. Mental Cup champion, Mental Cup MVP. Congratulations, man. Uh, what a Mental Cup it was for you. What's it like to kind of hear that when people say that to you now? Yeah, it doesn't even seem real, to, to be honest. It, uh, it's still pretty surreal and, and uh, still kind of setting in. And, um, you know, it's just been a, kind of a crazy... Uh, a couple of weeks, and uh, to be able to, to actually say that now at the end of my career, and, uh, you know, Minto Cup champion sounds uh, sounds pretty good. Yeah, we'll we'll rewind the clock here a little bit, but I always like to ask new guests that I have on the program, how did you get your start playing lacrosse? When was the first time you picked up a stick? So I was probably four or five, uh, actually living in Calgary, Alberta at the time. Uh, my dad played had played uh, as a kid growing up in Calgary, and then. Um, we had lived overseas and uh, my brother and I were born overseas, uh, in Asia. And then, well, we came home, uh, we came home and, uh, first, uh, my dad loved to tell the story. First thing he did when, when he got back to Canada was he drove to the, to the store and, and got a lacrosse stick for my brother. And, uh, you know, ever since, ever since, uh, since I was little, I just wanted to follow, follow my big brother's footsteps. So 
he had the lacrosse stick and, and, and I just followed him and, uh, it's my brother Brennan. He played at Cornell before I did and, uh, he's played for King Canada and he's, uh, he's definitely my lacrosse hero. So, um, and, uh, life hero too. So, uh, just wanted to follow his footsteps and, and, uh, he showed me the way and, and my dad had, had, uh, a background with it. So. Yeah, I was right from age four or five, and, and just loved it ever since. I was gonna, I was gonna say, did you go to Sanderson Sports to get to get your new lacrosse stick? <laughs> yeah, no, not at the time. I wish. I don't I know if it was open back then. I don't know if it was open back then. Yeah. Yeah. The other yeah, thing I want to, sure. the other thing I want to know is why number three. I see you wearing number three for Cornell. You're wearing number three for the Hornheads. Is there a particular reason that you chose that number? Uh well yeah not to sound repetitive but my brother wore number three okay uh, for me so is there a reason uh, he wears yeah, number just, three? Um, uh, I'm not sure why it all started. I, I think uh, I'm really not sure how it all started, but but he wore three uh, growing up in in hockey and and stuff like that, and then uh, he was a goalie. So okay. once he got to college, he oh. wore one and had to wear some different numbers. Yeah, but, uh, the number three thing kind of always stuck stuck with me and. Uh, I've been pretty blessed to have it at, at school and then uh, with with in, in junior. So, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been – I've had it for a while now. It's just not a, a number you see. It's kind of interesting. Zach Mann's wearing two and one of Victoria's best scorers and, and you wearing number three. You don't usually see the, the big goal scorers wearing low kind of defensive numbers. So that's why I wanted to ask. As we speak with Jonathan Donville here of the Orangeville Northmen, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Cornell here for a sec. Going into your senior year, I believe now uh, – You've had a chance to play there with Clark Peterson, Jeff Teat. Um, being at an Ivy League school, Cornell, with a real tough schedule, and, and obviously you got to concentrate on academics there, Jonathan. What, what's it like being able to not only play with those two guys, but the uh, the whole experience at Cornell? What has that taught you as a player and as a man? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been so big. And, and uh, as you mentioned, getting to play with those two guys and you know, probably two of the better uh, Canadian players of my generation, if not two of the best, so. Uh, that's been really, really, uh, really awesome. And, uh, this experience has taught me a lot and taught me a lot about, about, you know, how to work hard, how to manage my time. Uh, and most importantly, I think it's just taught me how to be a teammate. And, uh, I'm lucky enough to have 49 guys to, to share this experience with. And, and, uh, those guys, uh, they work so hard and, uh, and, uh, you know, they're so selfless and they put each other first. And, you know, that's taught me a lot about, about what it means to be a part of a team and what it means to, to sacrifice. And, you know, obviously getting to be a part of it as well a program with the with an excellent uh, alumni and, and a huge tradition and, and like I said my brother played here before I did so uh, learning what it means to be a part of something bigger than yourself and I think that that's something really valuable and then uh, like you said academically and, and athletically it, it's uh, it's a challenge here but uh, you learned I've learned to push myself harder than I ever thought thought, thought I could and uh, I'm just so grateful for uh, to the coaches and my parents and, and my brother for leading the way and so grateful to everyone uh, for for letting me have this opportunity, and then uh, specifically with Jeff and Clark, uh, just to to have a front row seat to watch those guys play every day, yeah, uh, is awesome. And and they taught me so much uh, on and off the field, and uh, I just try to soak it in when I'm around those guys because they're uh, they're two of the best to do it. What about uh, as we speak with Jonathan Donville here? What about those other forty nine guys, Jonathan? Like when you went when you won the Minto Cup, you win the MVP. How many of those guys down there on your on your members or your team members of Big Red, do they know what's going on up here in the summertime? Do they know what's on the line for a guy like you playing in the Minto Cup? Yeah, I, I think everyone everyone at Cornell uh, knows what's going on, uh, and I think part of that is, is we've had a uh, a really awesome uh, tradition of having Canadian players go here. So sure, um, 
you know, since I, since I've been at school, uh, you know, we had Casey Tarbell who won the Minto two years ago and then Jeff and Clark were playing last year and then myself this year. And, and th- we have, uh, a number of great Canadian players coming through, uh, coming down the pipeline. So, uh, we expect that tr- tradition to continue. So I think it's something that, that people are, are aware of, uh, at Cornell because, um, even going back to, you know, the Nobles and, yeah. and Dan Littner and so, so many great Canadian players here. It's such an unbelievable tradition. It's really humbling to be a part of. So I think at Cornell that they're all aware of it. And, uh, I was definitely really appreciative of, of the text messages and the support I was getting from here. And, uh, yeah, those guys are awesome guys. No doubt. No doubt. As we speak with Jonathan Donville here of the Orangeville Northmen, and you, you, you're out of Oak, Oakville, but you, you played your junior lacrosse in Mimico, and, and you get to the Minto Cup there in 2016. I got to I gotta be honest, like I, you're not a guy that popped off the page at me back in 2016, but you were front and center in, in 2019. I know a lot can happen in, in three years of, of junior development, and both mentally, physically, all of that sort of stuff, but – what was the difference for you personally from that 2016 Minto Cup to where you led the tournament in 2019? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest part of it was coming to uh, coming to Cornell and getting into a college uh, strength and conditioning program, and uh, I think that that was a big part of it for me was, was uh, you know learning how to train a little harder and uh, and and get my body in better shape and and um, certainly just just getting older too. I think I think people forget how how uh, how much you mature from being a 16 year old kid to a, to a 21 year old. So I think getting older and uh, getting stronger. And then um, I just try to keep it, just try to keep it simple. And, and uh, as I've gotten older, just, you know, my just trying to get to the middle of the floor more. I think that was the the big adjustment I made was, was trying to stay out of the the low angle stuff and, and uh, try to make higher percentage plays as I got older and, and, uh, and also just stay more aggressive. I think when I was younger, you know, you get you get the, the big eyes sometimes, and, and you're you're a little uh, under a little nervous. And then I think once you once you play more, and you, you kind of get your feet under you, and um, certainly the last couple of years, I've just tried to stay as aggressive as I can and and get to the goal and and. Uh, Hope, hope that good things happen when I do that. Well, a lot of good things happened, uh, John. You put up a ton of points, and and you talk about getting to the middle. Like me watching you. You're not an overly big guy. You're not an overly fast guy. You don't really have like the the super quicks, but you still manage to always kind of get the step on your defender and get to the middle of the floor to get that shot off. What's what's the secret to that? How do you manage to do that time and time again? Well, I think I think the first big thing is uh been lucky to play with some great players in my time and and certainly for this last Mental Cup, I think um Playing with with guys I did on the right side in the two man game was so big, and uh, I can't say enough about guys like Kyle Waters. I mean, Kyle Waters scored, I think he had ninety seven points this year, and then I got traded, and he was uh, he he was always there to set picks for me. And most guys in his situation would just be looking for the ball or, or want to score it themselves. And and Curtis Buckta, another righty, number twenty seven, set some really some really great picks. And Dawson Tate and Mike uh, Fagan did a great job for us too. So that that's the, the biggest thing. And then uh, the other thing is just you know, trying to just be a player and trying to, to kind of keep him guessing and, and, uh, and, you know, find different ways to get there. And, and most importantly, just kind of just, I think I was just focusing on playing hard and just trying to get there and, uh, and, and get everything I had to get there. And, uh, if I got stopped, I got stopped and certainly I got stopped a whole bunch of times, but you know, you just got to try to get there the next time and, and, uh, hope it keeps going well. 
Speaking with Jonathan Donville here, a couple of more minutes with you, Jonathan. And, and let's talk about the trade going to Orangeville from Mimico at the trade deadline. They give up three first-round picks to get you, and that's that's a boatload of picks uh, to, to give up to get one player. Did you feel extra pressure going in to that Orangeville locker room knowing what they had given up to get you, or – did you? Did, I mean, did they make you feel? I imagine they made you feel pretty welcome going in there. But what was your mindset once you've been once you had been traded? Did you feel pressure? Or were you just going to go in there and just play your game? Yeah, I think I, I might have initially felt pressure, but I think uh, Coach Bruce Codd and Phil Sanderson, Rusty Kruger, uh, they, they did a really good job of my first game there, my first kind of day. They said, you know, you're, you're not here to do anything but help, and uh, you're not here to save anything or, or do any of this. And there's no pressure on you, just just do what you can to help. And, uh, I think it was, it was, you know, in, uh, keeping it in perspective as my last year or two, I think, I think that's all I wanted to do is I wanted to come into a team that was already uh, a great team before I got there and just do whatever I could to help. And, um, you know, now in, in retrospect, it, down the stretch, it was, it was scoring goals and doing stuff on the offensive end, but, uh, I just wanted to help and, and do whatever I could to get to, to get to the, to the point where we we're a Minter cup champion and, just happy it all worked out, but um, I'd say any any pressure was uh, was quickly dispelled by uh, by Coach Cod and, and Coach Sanderson and Coach Kruger. And uh, man, I can't say enough about those guys. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about those guys a little bit here, Jonathan. We were we were texting a little bit before we started chatting, and, and in particular, Rusty Kruger. But you know, Bruce Cod to me, I, I've known Bruce a long time, and he's kind of a guy that I can see. Probably puts a lot of trust in his assistants and lets them kind of delegate the defense and the offense, and he probably works the bench a little bit and, and manages personalities. So for you, Rusty Kruger was probably the guy that had the biggest impact on your game once you got to Orangeville, and and every time it kind of seemed like you guys need to drop a goal, there was Rusty Kruger, and the play would work to perfection almost every time. What's it like playing for a guy like Krugs? And, and when he's got the whiteboard in his hand, he can draw some, some magic up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, like, as you said, like I, I thought our set pieces were awesome and, and uh, you know, stuff that I've never seen before too, which I, I found, uh, I found really, uh, really rewarding to, to play for a guy like that and, and uh, drawing up stuff that, that you maybe you don't see all the time and, and thinking of new ways to score. And, um, you know, the, the best thing that anyone can say about, uh, about Rusty is that he's a winner and, and he, uh, he's led, he's led so many teams there and as a player and a coach. And, um, it was just, yeah, it was an honor to play for him. And I, I think one of the, the, the things that I really enjoyed is, is he, uh, he definitely imparted his knowledge on us and, and with the set pieces and, and power plays and stuff like that always drawing stuff up, but he also let us have, a, he let us have our own voices and, and the communication I thought uh, amongst players and between coaches and players was always excellent. And uh, when, when we needed, uh, when we needed to, to play a little harder, he was certainly there to remind us, but um, <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, just let us, uh, let us be players and uh, such a talented group and so many great players. And um, I think our whole coaching staff just did a great job of, you know, they, they, they taught the guys the fundamentals and, and they, they taught guys what they needed to know and then and then they let us uh they let the guys be players and and uh yeah i can't say enough about coach uh, coach kruger and uh yeah, yeah, just an awesome experience getting to play for him. Well, you mentioned he's a winner. Uh, I don't know if he got any sleep uh, that night, but he showed up at in Coquitlam the next night to, to coach, his, or his next day, I should say, to coach his kids' peewee team at the Minor Nationals. They won themselves a gold medal again. So uh, just adding 
to the hardware was Rusty Kruger. His, his boy now, Max Kruger, is, is going to be a player when he comes around. Uh, one more here for you before we let you go, Jonathan, and and let's get back to Cornell. Uh, I guess that's going to be kind of the next thing up for you here. It's going to be a ways away before the actual season starts, but you'll head back uh, to Cornell pretty quick. And, and what's the prediction? What's the prognosis looking like for, for Big Red heading into 2020? Yeah, uh, I'm actually I'm already here. I'm already at, on campus and uh, excited to be back. Uh, with the guys, and uh, you know, I think I think last year we, we were a little disappointed with with, with how uh, things turned out. But um, you know, I, I think uh, it's such a college across is such a long process that uh, this time of year you can't be thinking about but wins and losses. And in uh, in May, you just have to be you know worried about working as hard as you can and doing the right things and sure. and trying to bring the freshmen in and, and show them show them the ropes the best way uh, you know how and. Um, so I think that's that's the just the, the biggest thing for me right now is is uh, you know take some take some rest from from the Minto and and uh, get healthy and everything like that and then just start start building the building blocks for uh, hopefully a, a really exciting spring and um, same thing same thing as it was in Orangeville just you know I think we all just want to do any, anything we can to uh, to help this team win and and. Uh, you know that's that's what the fall is all about is, is putting in the work and, and making sure when when the spring rolls around that you've done everything you can to to help the team win. No doubt, man. Well, hey, listen, congratulations on the Minto Cup. Congratulations on the MVP. I got a pretty good feeling you're going number one in the MSL draft come uh, next February, and then uh, it'll be NLL draft time before you know it. And I know you're going to be a high pick when when that rolls around. Appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified, Jonathan. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Our pleasure. That was Jonathan Donville of the Orangeville Northman. Out of Oakville, was traded from Mimico to Orangeville at the trade deadline and paid off in spades as he hoists the Minto Cup and becomes the MVP in 2019. You can check him out with Cornell University coming up next season and then will probably be, most likely be, the number one pick in the Major Series League as well for next summer. We'll take a break. We'll be back. we got Pat Gregoire on the other side here of Lacrosse Classified. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice Certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Dylan Ward, goaltender for the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. And you just heard from our good friends, very good friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be unsportsmanlike. You can find them at pvl.com or at Pure Vital Labs. I, I mentioned off the top of the show, I stopped by the Pure Vital Lab compound there, down there in Port Coquitlam. Ryan Keller saw him kicking around minor nationals. We got to chat, and I took a trip down there. I got a new gym bag. I got a bunch of pre-workout. I got some protein. Uh, I got some recovery. I'm going to look like Pat Gregoire pretty soon if I keep going on the PVL supplements. Make sure you find them at pvl.com. Get on them. I'm going to start taking them, and then I'm going to fill you in on how the progress goes. Pat, 
you don't need any supplements. You have like the body of an Adonis already, but uh, I think you could benefit from these as well. Welcome back to the program. How's things going? I don't know if uh, you saw a picture of my head photoshopped on Tyson's body, no. but uh, that's certainly not the case. <laughs> no, maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Maybe I did. Maybe that... No, but I do got to get on the PVL. Uh, that's that's no doubt. Uh, I mean, uh, I've only heard good things about it. Well, so. the, cool thing is, well the cool thing is here, uh, starting next year, so January 1st, they're going to come up with this new kind of marketing strategy where if you put in a code, like Lacrosse Classified will get a code, whatever it is, Lacrosse Classified 15. You put that code in when you buy your supplements from PVL, you're going to get a kickback. We'll get a kickback. They're going to know who you're buying. It's this new marketing ploy that they got coming in i'll explain it more later but it's going to be very cool it's going to give you an incentive to get on the supplements and everybody is going to benefit from it so uh stay tuned for that uh pat gregoire lacrosse superstar why don't we why don't we start with the minto cup man uh this orangeville team that got it done they did not lose a game they had the best offensive player in the tournament in jonathan donville they had the best goaltender in the tournament in rylan hartley and that's a pretty good recipe to win yourself a Minto Cup. And it looked easy at times for the Hornheads. Uh, it, it really did. And I I mean, I, I don't want to say we probably saw this coming, but we, we probably saw this coming with just how good this team was pretty much from start to finish. I'm not even just talking about the actual Minto Cup tournament. I'm talking about pretty much from the regular season on. Uh, I, I thought that they had probably one of the most well-rounded teams uh, near the start of the season. And then you add a guy like Jonathan Donville and it completely changes that team from being a contender into being the team to beat and, and being an absolute wagon. And that's what they were pretty much from start to finish, obviously a great series against Burlington, but uh, they just rolled into that or, or that Minto cup tournament just playing the best ball their season like you said they're so well-rounded on the back end um rylan hartland i mean you can't you can't talk even higher about him even anytime their defense who was very solid all tournament long kind of broke down he he came up with with big save after big save and you're right they made it look very very easy um but i mean if you ask them it was no no easy task as because you gotta you gotta give credit for some of these other teams and especially the shamrocks obviously getting swept uh that's kind of the outcome that a lot of people saw but i think the games were a lot closer than maybe what some some people thought that were going to be and you've seen the debate about the greatest junior teams of all time the greatest mental champions where do you think this team ranks oh geez i I hate, you know, I hate that debate right off the bat because it, it you know, we just saw this team, you know, the, the it's so fresh. Right. I don't know if it, I don't know if we can put it up there. Here's right what now, I said, Pat, before I let you out. Here's what I said at, at the tournament that I don't know if they're the greatest junior A team I've ever seen at the Minto Cup, but they were so far high and above the other right. three teams that were at this Minto Cup, it seemed to kind of put them in that conversation. Right, right. And, and that, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know if you put this team up against, you know, let's even say 
you know, last year's Coquitlam Adonax team or, you know, the Six Nations team from just a few years ago that won in Brampton. And those teams are, you know, considered to be some of the greatest teams that we've seen in years. Never mind, you know, some of the other teams that everyone seems to throw out, you know, the Coquitlams from a few years ago, that Whitby team, uh, and even teams way, way, way back as well. I don't know if you can put them in, into that conversation, I think we also have to see what these players turn out to be um, in years to come as well. Uh, I think obviously Ryan Hartley is going to be special. Jonathan Donville is going to be special. Uh, Dylan Watson, we'll see what he turns into. And yeah. Zach Deacon, Kyle Waters, like they, they. Yeah. I mean, they, even on their back end, Pat, like the, I, I, I kind of was like, you know, Zach Deacon. I think far and away their best defender and the captain oh, yeah. and all the rest of it. But then you look up and down, they're kind of their back end, and it's like nobody really jumped off the page at you like, man, that guy's a stud. But they're all just like Brown and Halls, and they're all just solid, solid defenders. Yeah, and the thing with with a lot of these guys as well, too, is that they also, a good chunk of these guys have played with Bruce Codd and this coaching staff from junior B when they went on to win that founders cup. And you can tell that these guys have played together for so long. Um, not even just that, even in minor lacrosse, um, you could just tell the defense is just buys into that system. Like you said, maybe with the exception uh, of Zach Deacon, you look at this roster and there isn't really a, a weak link and there really isn't a, a couple of studs that, like you said, jump off the page. And I think that's what makes the defense so special is they don't really need a guy that can, you know, take over a game defensively, shut down one guy, because if he's not on the floor, the, the defense falls apart. They can just roll out the lines, pretty much whoever's on, in the lineup on defense and, and they can do a great job. And let's be honest as well. It also doesn't uh, hurt when you have Ryan Hartley, who I think is one of the you know most budding stars in this game when it comes to a, a goalie. And uh, when you have him back there, obviously it hides a little bit of your flaws, but I really don't think this Orangeville defense had many flaws to begin with. Moving on to the MSL, uh, got a best of three now, rest of the way. Peterborough on a bit of a roll lately, but a four-day break in between games. How do you see this playing out the rest of the way? Oh, I mean, your your guess is as good as mine. I, I think, I think that uh, the the fact that these these two teams, um, I, I think that Peterborough, obviously, you saw on on uh, Friday night, uh, they definitely looked a lot better having that back to back. They just looked like they were more fresh. Um, they were playing more like themselves, whereas Six Nations just you could tell were were absolutely gassed. Uh, and just didn't play within themselves, kind of got away from their game plan that was working well. So I think, obviously, with with a little bit of rest, that's going to help Six Nations out. Um, but, I, I mean, a team like Peterborough, obviously, they're going to want want that rest as well. Uh, they're, they're, I think maybe four days is a little a bit too much, because like you said, they are rolling right now. Uh, but it's deep into the season. Everyone's got their, their injuries um, everyone's banged up right now. So anytime you can take a few days rest, I think you're going to take it. You sticking with the Chiefs? 2-2 in the series right now. You picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the year. You picked the Chiefs, uh, I want to say, a couple of months ago when you came back on as well. You staying with the pro-fit Six Nations Chiefs to represent the East in the Man Cup? 
Oh, you, you know what? I think I have I have no choice but to do it. But I mean, let's be honest. These two teams are so well matched um, from the back end all the way up to the front with so many superstars. I think obviously it can go either way. Like Evan said, it's it's a best of three now. Um, but for me, I think I have. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, honestly, like, have you seen even with the two teams in the WLA, Victoria and Maple Ridge, and what they had on their rosters in the WLA final, the MSL final between Peterborough and Six Nations, and the players that they have on those two rosters, like, I'm not sure I've ever seen a year where the final four teams had that much talent, and not just talent, like, top-end talent, like, yeah. filled with superstars. You're right. It's true. And I, you look at both, all four of these rosters and in years past, you have maybe a, a, a few superstars here, a few real solid NLLers, and, and then a few young guys that are kind of making their mark in senior lacrosse and trying to break through. But for the most part, I mean, you look up and down, especially on the offense uh, in the case of with the Lakers and with the Chiefs. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. You have a guy like Corey Small, healthy scratch. Corey Vitarelli, they're they're both in and out of the lineup. They're getting scratched in these games. I I mean it, it's ridiculous. Uh, there's teams across the league that would be foaming at the mouth yeah. to get a guy like Corey Small in their lineup. Not just have in their lineup, but he would probably be their number one goal scorer and their number one lefty, and maybe run their power play. No doubt. That just shows you. The, the depth that both these teams have. And like you said, even out West, I mean, that was a, a treat of a series. It was a little disappointing. It, it, it didn't go deeper, um, but same thing. And I think this is the, this is the year um, that the West, I think has a real, really, really, really good chance that, uh, you know, it's, it's out West, you know, Victoria, they, they have the superstars. They're built from the back end, uh, you know, picking up a uh, Graham Hossack was, absolutely massive he has been nothing short i can't of a beast. pat i cannot believe how good hasek is like i knew he was good and he'd won a defensive player of the year in the national cross league and i'd seen him you know like but watching him on a night-to-night basis live and in person and now he's starting to score goals yeah like exactly. it's, it's scary how good this guy is it's and you wonder how good can he get? How much better can he get? Obviously, like you said, his he's been one of, if not the best defender, one on one or in a, a five on five defensive set. He he throws guys to the ground. He'll strip guys. He'll pick off passes. He'll block shots. And now you mentioned he's added that transition aspect to his game where he can <laughs> score and he's not just moving the ball up no, the floor. No. He's putting the ball in the net. He wants to shoot, whereas a few years ago, when he was playing for Brooklyn in the summer, or even Whitby, he crossed center and immediately he hit had the brakes. Yeah, he hits the brakes and says, what am I doing over here? I need a GPS to get me back onto the defensive <laughs> side. No, that, that's that's not him anymore. And a thing that I don't... He had four goals last night. I know. It's insane. He is... He is so good. He continues to get better. And I was going to say the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that this is a guy that started his junior career off playing junior C. I, I mean, this this wasn't a guy that 
has been touted as a top prospect forever. You know, went to a D2 school uh, down in the States as well. So this isn't a guy that, you know, growing up was playing on the Whitby 1 team. He was bouncing back, playing Whitby 2 on their 2 team. He's done this all himself. And obviously a big part of this is how of a, how much of a freak athlete he is and how hard he works out in the gym. Yeah. Uh, but you can see, like you said, he's adding a different dynamic to his game, which, I mean, we saw it a little bit in the NL this, this season, but... Boy, it's it's been nothing short of a treat to watch what he's done. I think uh, I've been trying to I've been trying to come up with a name for Hostick. I think I think Cyborg. Hey, like he's on like he's like a robot out there. Honestly, he's like a machine. So maybe the the cyborg. Yeah, the cyborg. I like it. All right, I like it. Putting it out there. (laughs) Yeah, last one for me here. Um, President's Cup underway. Senior B. It's something we don't get to see a whole lot of until. National championships actually show up, um, but still a lot of talent here. You know, you got a, a St. Albert Miners team with Aaron Bold and Ryan Dilks playing. You know, you got Ryan Banesh playing. You got all these, you know, stacked lineups and Aquasasnia there out east. Give us a preview of what's going on out east. And is there anybody that can knock off the Miners this year? I, I think you know when you look at all the rosters, the Miners might have the. The, the the outside of maybe Nova Scotia, obviously, I used to say, uh, maybe the, they don't have as many names that really jump off you. At, but after watching them against Kanawaki, they are a well-oiled machine. They play mm-hmm. such a great offensive and defensive system. Everyone buys in. There's not really one guy that blows you away. Any guy can really go off on any night, which that's what makes it difficult because a lot of these teams, they – you know, they do have one or two NLLers on their team, but then the talent starts to drop off. Um, and that that's where I still think maybe St. Albert, that's the edge that they have is they're, they just, they don't really have one too many superstars or any superstars. If you really uh, compare to a lot of the other rosters, like, like you mentioned, Aquasasne, um, and even with six nations, I think maybe if I had to pick one team to knock them off, uh, six nations looked really, really good this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they score outscored, uh, Ladner seven to three, uh, in that third period and really took over the game. Uh, I thought, you know, Johnny palace was great. Uh, Zed Williams was really solid as well. And those are two of their bigger names. Uh, another guy that was really, really solid, uh, was, Actually, if you look in between the pipes, and uh, it was Warren Hill. Warren Hill's real good, mm-hmm. uh, 40 saves. And he was actually in that series against Oakville. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't recall if who the MVP was. Uh, but from the games that I watched, it had to been him. And he really out, uh, outshined um, you know, his counterpart going up against uh, – I'm drawing a blank on his name for Oakville's uh, goalie. Wendy? Wen- uh, Wen- Wendy. Uh, yep, yeah. yep, yep, Wendy. Yeah. yeah, and he – yeah, Craig Wendy. And Wendy's a great goalie as well, but he just stood on his head. And Wendy played great, but uh, Warren Hill was just uh, too much to beat. But I, I do think that when you have a team like – like the miners that have been through this grind, uh, they have guys that know what it takes to play, you know, game after game after game after game. And they really don't have uh, a guy that, you know, 
wants the ball all the time. They're, they don't care who scores. They don't care who makes the big defensive play. Uh, they're just there to win and, and continue to be a, a dynasty in senior B. Yeah, an absolute team from top to bottom are the Miners, and yep. you're right, that's part of their success. And, and I will say they don't, they don't have – the kind of higher end talent that they've had in, in years gone by with you know Keegan yeah. Ball and Triolo, but they're still a very very good team. How about uh, how about my boy the champ Andrew Suter Suitsy getting after it with Big Tommy Scanlon last night uh, in a in a fa- fantastic tilt. Oh, that was that was an old school tilt. That was that was awesome. Yeah, I mean you, you got to give it to to Tommy Scanlon for for. You know, throwing down with with the champ, as you call it, Andrew Suter. But uh, that's also another aspect with Senior B Lacrosse. Um, the 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 tough stuff is still there, the rough stuff still there, and that's why I think Six Nations uh, has a real good chance, and Kenawaki as yeah. well, because yeah. they not Host only Nation, have. Yeah. Some- they they don't have they only just have skilled guys up front, but uh, their back end aren't just goons. They have guys that are tough as nails sure. and play tough. But they can play as well. Too. Yeah, I know it's funny. You, you funny you say that because I was talking. I was talking last night about how at at the president's cup, like the president's cup for for fans that don't know it, it's kind of different than a lot of tournaments. Very similar to the founders, where multiple provinces are represented. Um, there's a, a lot more teams there. You're playing a game a day. Sometimes you play two in one day. It's an absolute grind just to get through the tournament. And I, for me, like, once you get to the President's Cup, you know it's all good teams there. And I just think mm-hmm. that the brand of lacrosse that gets played at the President's Cup is some of the most entertaining lacrosse to watch. It's kind of what the game is supposed to be. Like you mentioned, there's free-flowing action, there's defense, there's offense, there's rough stuff. It's it's just it kind of encompasses what the game is supposed to be, and then you always have the the indigenous teams there as well, which adds another dimension to it. Yeah, it's it really is one of I think the most underrated tournaments in all of uh, box lacrosse. Like you mentioned, not only do you have all those aspects, but it's it's such a condensed tournament. Uh, you know, a week long, but you're it's playing tough. every single game. Yeah, it's it's a grind. And sometimes it's it, sometimes the best team doesn't win. Sometimes it's the team that stays the most healthy mm-hmm. and, you know, doesn't lose a couple of those key guys. And I mean, it, it is such a grind. Anyone who I've talked, though, they say it's a grind. It's tough, but it, it's an unbelievable experience. And yeah. it seems like that's the same thing uh, up in Ganawake right now with the Prezi's uh, going on. No doubt. All the games are on lacrosse TV. Hopefully they get the Internet situation figured out there in Kanawagi. I know it's uh, been a bit of an issue. Pat, got to let you go. We got to get to who you got, man. I hope you get your picks in. Uh, I don't know if you can get a cowboy hat over that hairdo you got, but uh, get your picks <laughs> in nonetheless, man. All right, I'll, I'll fire him up now. All right, that's it. Uh, that was lacrosse superstar smoking Pat Gregoire. One final break to come here on lacrosse classified, and then we will play the sensation sweep in the nation, Evan Sheminar. Who you got is on the other side right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. 
Hey, this is Andrew Q of the Oakville Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class. You just heard it right there from Andrew Q. Growing the game one podcast at a time is what we do here on Lax Class. Thanks for joining us. Good chats there with Donville, with Towers, with Gregoire. Uh, into the fourth quarter here, if you will, Evan, uh, we had an extra course. I guess this would be overtime now because we, we had three guests instead of our normal two this week, but we always got time to play a round of who you got. It's presented by Stampy. Who you got is presented by Stampy Tack and Western Wear, your complete source for boots, motorcycle, leathers, and gear. Summer riding season is here at least for another month or so, and you need the right stuff when you're out there cruising around on your bike. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale. Find them online at stampede.ca and uh, do a little shopping, buy some motorcycle stuff, and and whatever else you see there. I know uh, our buddy last week, Paul Horn, who won the hat, got out there to Cloverdale, picked up his hat. He actually picked up a pair of gloves as well. Uh, Was really happy, was Paul Horn. So congratulations to Paul Horn, who... Won the hat last, or maybe he didn't win last week, but I think we forgot to get a hold of Paul, so we did that. He tweeted out the picture. The he was, he was in Europe for a while. Yeah, he was. Maybe that was the issue. Uh, our texts weren't going through while he was in Europe. Um, but he's back now. He's got his hat, and we need to give another hat away this week. And our winner is actually a friend of yours, Evan. Mr. Gary Grub went a perfect 5-0, and and nobody else did that. Not even me and you, Evan, who went 4-1 and apiece. Gary Grub, you won yourself a cowboy hat from Stampede Tack and Westerwear. Congratulations. You going to get a hold of him, Evan? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> All right. I'll leave it up to you. I'll leave it All up right. to you. Uh, congratulations to Gary Group. The picks are up now already. We posted those because we got a game coming up today, which will be Tuesday when you hear this podcast. Uh, hopefully you got your picks in already. They're up there on social media. Simple, simple deal. Make your picks. Send them to us via PXP for sports at Shamlax or at Lax Class. Make your picks. Do good. Win a hat. That's how it works here on Who You Got. All right, Evan, I just said it. We both went 4-1 and one last week, so I'm still two games behind. Uh, Twenty. And you know what? What? We both lost, or one loss, were both overtime games. I know. I know. <laughs> so that means I'm 21-19, and 19, you are 23-17, and 17. As we move into this week's games. Now, President's Cup is underway. WA Finals are over. Minto Cup is done. Founders is done. So, all we got left here, Evan, is President's Cup. Two more games to go in the MSL Final. And then Man Cup before we get to the World Championship. So, we're going to have to get a little creative when it gets down to Man Cup. And that week in between the Manor and the World Championships. We're going to have to figure something out. We also have to figure out what the prize is for the winner or maybe what the punishment is for the loser. So if you got any suggestions on that, we're all ears as well as uh, we got to figure that out sooner or later. Because once I think we, we, we roll through the world championships, then I think we maybe we take a little hiatus from who you got and then we get back into it once the NLL season rolls around. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Okay. 
Glad I'm not crazy. All right. So this week we got three Presidents Cups games. This is the Senior B National Championship here in Canada, and our first game comes up today. It's an eleven o'clock Pacific time start, and it features the Ontario champion against the Alberta champion, Six Nations Rivermen against the defending Presidents Cup, three-time Presidents Cup champion, Saint Albert Minor Six Nations. Versus St. Albert. Evan, who you got? This is the toughest one of the whole lot because these are the two teams I expect to be in the final. Really? Um, yeah, they're the two teams I expect to be in the final. And let's be honest here for a second. If there was a senior A availability in Alberta, St. Albert would be a senior A team. Mm. They're an elite senior B team. Six Nations is a phenomenal team. I'm going to take the minor simply because wow. they're the champs, and until you knock off the champs, they're still the champs. Okay, okay. I had a look at this uh, St. Albert roster last night as I was picking these games and just kind of getting prepared a little bit. And, and from the well, teams... Well, you're studying finally. Well, no, well, I wouldn't say that, but I was kind of looking up just to see what the schedule was and... Thought I'd take a peek at the roster. Uh, it's definitely not the St. Albert Miners rosters that we've seen the last couple of years. A lot of familiar faces on that team, but some new ones as well. And I just don't know if they're as good as they have been in years past. So it is tough to get out of Ontario in Senior B. I think Six Nations might be the best team to be at the President's Cup. So give me... The Rivermen. Give me the Rivermen, Evan. You're taking Miners. I'm taking Rivermen. Uh, moving along, Friday, August the 30th. August the 30th, Evan. My goodness, we're almost into September. Kahnawake, the host team, taking on the BC representative in the Ladner Pioneers. Mohawks, Pioneers. Evan, who you got? Uh, tough one here, but... I'm not going to bet against uh, the Mohawks in this one. Give me the Mohawks. I know Brad Chandler's going to hate me for that pick. <laughs> He's a big Ladner boy, but I'll take the Mohawks. Uh, I'm from BC. I think Ladner is on a roll heading into this tournament. Uh, they picked up some nice players, Wiles, Banesh. Real solid. They got past Nanaimo in the BC final. They're on a mission here for their fallen they comrade. Lost six nations, I know. So. <laughs> I know. So I think they bounce back here. Against a very good Kahnawake team, I mentioned Andrew Suter. They got Hotelling. They got uh, Pat Saunders. They got Batley coaching. But I'm taking Pieball. Give me the Pios to beat the Mohawks, Evan. So two picks, two different picks right off the bat here. I like it. Going to make up my uh, deficit right off the get-go here. Saturday, August 31st, uh, Riverman back in action, and they are going to take on Aguasasne, Evan. Who you got? Another tough one. Um, both loaded lineups. Like I said, I think Six Nations and St. Albert are the two teams in the final. So give me the Rivermen. Give me the Rivermen as well. I Until somebody beats these guys, I'm probably just going to keep picking them. I don't know if we're going to keep using Six Nations in, in President's Cups games that we pick. I think we'll have the opportunity to pick a few more next week as well. Uh, but let's move along. So, both taking the Rivermen there. Now, 
Game five goes Tuesday night. Game six goes Thursday night. We're going to pick both of these games. Of course, we're not going to know who wins game five. We're recording on Monday here. But series now 2-2. If you'll recall, Six Nations getting up 2-0 on Peterborough right out of the gates. The Lakers, the two-time defending champions, winning games three and four to tie this series up at two. They have home floor advantage by finishing first in the regular season. So for game five, it's Chiefs at Lakers. Evan, who you got? I think Peterborough started to find their groove now. I'll be interested to see if the layoff, if anything happens. I don't think it will. And the games in Peterborough, give me the Lakers. I'm taking Six Nations. I got them picked down here three times now. Two for the Senior B, one for the Senior A team. I don't think they lose three games in a row. I'm a little surprised they lost two in a row. Um, I was surprised that Peterborough lost two in a row. But I don't think Six Nations, any chance they lose three in a row, even though they're on the road. These games are ever so tight. Two fantastic rosters battling it out. So give me the pro-fit Six Nations Chiefs in Game 5. Game 6 is Peterborough at Six Nations. Thursday, Evan, who you got? I'm going to say Peterborough takes the championship. I think it's going to be over in six games. Might be a four-game comeback, but you know what? I'm taking the Lakers the whole way. Okay, I'm going to take the Lakers in game six as well. I think this thing gets tied up 3-3, and it goes to game seven, and I'm not sure who I'm taking in game seven yet, but I'm taking Peterborough in game six. I can tell you that. So, recapping once again, Six Nations at St. Albert. I'm taking the Rivermen. You're taking the Miners. Kahnawake and Ladner, I'm taking the Pios. You're taking the Mohawks. We're both taking the Rivermen to beat Aquasasne. I'm taking the Chiefs. You're taking the Lakers in Game 5. We're both taking the Lakers in Game 6. That is Stampede Tax, who you got. And uh, now it's time to get into news and notes before we let you go. I know we're running a little bit long here on Lax Clown, so let's uh, cruise through this here, Evan. We talked a lot about the minor nationals. Congratulations to everybody again who competed at that tournament and everybody that helped organize it. Just a, a fabulous week in Coquitlam all week long, uh, top to bottom, top-notch tournament. Well run. Um... What else do we got? Presence Cup, we just talked about. MSL, WA, we've talked about. We gave away the hat. A new one's up for grabs. NLL draft around the corner here. Uh, our buddy Teddy Jenner heading back east there to Philadelphia. This is a little bit crazy that I think it would have been great for them to hold the NLL draft in BC this year and surround it with the World Championships. I know they got a Board of Governors meeting coming up, but they're going to fly to Philadelphia, and then they're more or less going to turn around and come back to BC for – uh, the World Championships, but the NLL draft is just around the corner, and a few more free agent signings trickling yeah. in. Evan, you well, want to update? Uh... And, and, well, before we get off the draft, uh, of course, Stephen Stamps' rankings are out, which are always an interesting read. But now the wrench in the whole thing is whether Nantico declares for the draft. We don't know, and that could throw the whole thing for a nice little run all of a sudden. Mm, yeah, he's, he's playing very coy, and he's done this before on his on his Twitter feed where he posts up something like decisions, decisions, what to do, what to do. He, I think he's kind of alluded to the fact that he might not want to finish school and become a professional lacrosse player sooner than later. 
I don't know if that's the right path for the young man in the yeah. chosen one, TN1, Tohoga Nanakoke, but uh, he's going to do what he's going to do, but we'll find out, I guess. And if he's going to declare, I think you have like up until like a week before the draft to, to declare. I know. Oh, you could declare two hours before the draft. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I know Zach Manns and Cameron Dunkerley have recently declared from the Victoria Junior Shamrocks, and we'll probably see a few more guys do that as well. Uh, in the coming days and weeks, September the 18th for the NLL draft. Is that right? 17th, 18th? Oh, your guess is good as mine. On right that. around in there. We'll we'll get you updated on that uh, in the coming weeks as well. Free agent signings. Evan, anybody notable you want to touch on before we go here? Uh, nothing I can really note uh, that was massive, massive. Uh, I mean, a few restricted free agent signings. Miles Thompson re-upping. Um, but nothing in the way of a major UFA going somewhere where we didn't expect yeah, Still to go. guys like Dane Doby, Riley Lowen, still not signed by the Roughnecks. Uh, we'll see what it all happens there. Once again, congratulations to everybody at the Junior NLL Tournament as well, uh, especially for those new teams from San Diego, Halifax, uh, New England, bringing teams there. Congratulations to everybody that I'm sure had a good time in Toronto this past week as well. I think that's it, Evan. Uh, Buck 20, not bad. Andy Towers, Jonathan Donville, Pat Gregoire, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, Great conversations there. Our sponsors, of course, Impure Vita Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging. I think I forgot to thank them coming out of commercial. Uh, Sean Ashworth and and his boy, Team BC Bantam, Carter Ashworth. Unfortunately, he got hurt on the first shift of the gold medal game. Man, did Team BC miss Carter Ashworth out there. He'll be back, though. Good player and uh, our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Always supporting the podcast. Couldn't do it without him. So make sure you're supporting those guys. And, of course, Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Biggest thanks always goes out to you, the loyal listener. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Do it through your phone. Wherever you find your podcast, you will find Lacrosse Classified via the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. And you can always follow along on social media as well. At Shamlax, at PXP for Sports, and at Lax Class, at Lacrosse Classified on the old Graham as well. Alright, that's it for Evan Sheminar. I've been Jake Kelly and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. Enjoy the games, everybody.